Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. Hello and welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to say a hearty thank you to the new listeners joining the show. You know, when you're starting something new, you often wonder if anyone will like it, if they get it, if they'll be coming back for more. Well, evidently, you do and you have. First, thanks for the reviews you left on our main website, thethrillerzone.com. M. Carlson tells us that while not usually a podcast listener, after listening to Nicole Bart on The Thriller Zone, they are hooked. MC goes on to say nice things like, my line of questions are both entertaining and insightful. Thank you so much. That's very kind. And to Ted Flanagan, who says the Thriller Zone is an amazing resource for lovers of mysteries and thrillers. Ted, that's mighty nice. Thank you. And over on our YouTube channel, David Darling writes several nice comments, one about Eric Bishop and more recently Kevin Tumlinson. Thanks, Double D. Speaking of YouTube, we now have 45 subscribers. As soon as we hit 100, we can change the name of the channel from David Temple Author to The Thriller Zone. So tell your friends about our show and be sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be notified of new episodes, be sure to tap the bell for alerts. Okay, let's meet our Friday's guest. Part of our two guests per week as part of our Thanks for Giving Your Support to Our Show Month. <laughs> In fact, it's a double-double because I welcome the writing duo of Mullins and Mabry. That's Steph and Nicole to talk about their thriller, The Family Tree. So let's you and I get in the thriller zone. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> Hi, young lady. How are you doing today? I am so good. Thank you for joining me. Hi. Hey, Steph. Well, my my puppy just was like, do I hear voices and start jingling out in the hallway? So. Well, we were just we were just saying because I had just closed the door and Dexter came to the door and he'll he'll knock his nose again oh. against it like uh dad hi excuse me yeah I know it's it's yeah. better if I just don't close doors because she'll just be louder trying to like get in than if she's just loud to to roam around yeah side note is we're here in the green room we call it mm -hmm. uh, how many uh zooms do you have you done or do you do on a given day uh, I mean, total, we've done a lot, but I think like on a weekly basis, we probably do one or two right when the book is launching and, and around that time. But now that it's tapered off a little bit, we've had a week to kind of rest and not do anything, which has been yeah. really nice. Yeah. And then when we just need to talk to each other, we just, we usually just like hop on FaceTime a lot. So we only kind of Zoom personally if it's like a lengthy need to share screens kind of like process. Otherwise we just kind of like quick hop on FaceTime because we spend yeah. enough time on Zoom for work and meetings <laughs> interviews and everything. So, you know, got to minimize it a little, little bit when we can. But literally FaceTime at least once a day. I think there's like, there was one day a couple of weeks ago where it, it was at nighttime and I was like, thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to Steph today. This is weird. And then she called me and I was like, I guess saying how we yeah, didn't we talk today. Super day. <laughs> It's kind of cool to be girlfriends and co-writers, right? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Give someone to like share everything with, which is fun because when you're an author, it's like if someone's not going through it, it's hard for them to understand exactly what you're experiencing. So it's nice. Isn't that the truth? I mean, I wonder if people fully appreciate the fact 
and appreciate is a relative term because it's not like we're suffering in a prison somewhere in a foreign country, but how um, solitary our life can be a, a good portion of the time. Absolutely. Yeah, writing is a very lonely, lonely job. So it's been fantastic having yeah. someone to do it with. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if I can, you know, be a girlfriend for a second, Stephanie, <laughs> yeah. am I... Am I right, or do, were you blonde? I was looking. I'm recently blonder than I was. <laughs> okay, okay, it's not my imagination. Yes, it's a recent freshen up change, so a little brighter than I used to be. Well, it's very fresh. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, because I was putting together uh, the poster art for you gals, and I'm like, I got this great sassy high fashion photo of yours, you know, yeah. with that little over the shoulder look and these chandelier earrings. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, she's a supermodel. Yes. That was back when I was working in fashion in New York, actually, that I had that picture taken. So makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, let's, let's go ahead and just jump on in here and get right to it because uh, we're talking about the family tree here on the Thriller Zone. And we're going to get to this in a second, but I do want to do a little bit of warm up because, um, and since at least one of us uh, is from the South, I can say, um, how y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> and now, so Nicole, you're in, I, sh I feel like, although I don't know how this will end up on the screen, I feel like I should be turning to you, like here on the Brady Bunch and turning to you. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in New York City. Gotcha. You're, uh, did, were you, are you New York City proper or uh, Queens, Long Island City? Queens, yeah. Yeah, Long there Island. you go. Mm -hmm. And Steph, uh, currently, is, yeah. you're, you're in Charlotte, right? Yes, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina now. Okay, here's my little sharing of my six degrees of separation. I love it. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm channeling PJ Vernon all of a sudden, wearing pink and talking about, yeah, girl, let's talk about this. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so here's my uh, six degrees, of, well, less than six degrees, because Steph, I lived in uh, New York many years ago. That's where I met my current wife. Nice. And I left Charlotte to go to New York where I lived for 20 years. Oh, wow. Yep. I was in New York when I met Nicole and then relocated to Charlotte. So we were on the opposite, yeah. opposite path there. <laughs> See, now that coincidence is a little wacky, if you ask me. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and what a change. Like uh, Tammy, my wife, said... Um, she was living in Manhattan up on the Upper West Side. And she said, you know, what's it going to be like? How, how are you going to feel about leaving, you know, slow Southern Charlotte, the Queen City, <laughs> for uh, New York? And I said, well, I'm a Southern boy at heart, but I lived in Manhattan and had a radio show back in the mid-90s. So oh. I'm kind of familiar with it. Yeah. And then she came down and she saw how slow it was. And she goes, oh, you do have an adjustment. <laughs> I feel I've been like back and forth a lot because I grew up in the north and I went to college in South Carolina, then I went back to New York for work and then I came back to North Carolina. So I've been back and forth so much, but it's like a constant adjustment every time you change regions, right? Because it's just it's so different. But now I feel like I can't slow down. I'm such a New Yorker at heart. I'm like yeah. everyone down here is like talk slower all the time. I always get yelled <laughs> at for talking so fast. So just yell at me if I start 
feeling too quickly. <laughs> well, I, I don't know why I was expecting to hear a little bit of a Southern draw, but yeah, yeah I'm, not, from, I'm not from here originally. So no Southern twang, just uh, gotcha. relocated down here. And mine only <laughs> comes out when I've had a couple of too many glasses of wine. I suppose. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to find out because uh, another writing, I've only had one other writing duo on this show and it was um, Andrews Wilson, which is a slightly different variation on your uh, flavor of thriller. But tell me how you two met and what made you choose writing together? I mean, there had to have been some kind of an impetus that said, hey, wait a minute, you're cool, I'm cool, I like to write, you like to write. Yeah, um, so Steph and I met at a job in 2012, I think it was. Um, we both started it on the same day. And then when we were introduced to our desks, they were basically at the end of a hallway. So by it was themselves. just by themselves. <laughs> they just slapped two desks at the end of a hall and that's where we were working. So we were in this little tiny confined space. So of course we got to know each other very quickly. And while we were working there, I started writing my first solo novel and Steph and I realized that we both shared passion for writing and for true crime. And then even after I left that job, um, Steph and I kept in touch. We kept um, beta reading for each other. She started writing her book. I was writing mine. We would sit across from each other at a little coffee shop and just work together and bounce ideas off of each other. And I think for me especially, and I'm sure with Steph too, it became very quickly to me when I was reading Steph's work that we had opposite strengths. And I think that that's very rare to find in a writer that, that they excel at the things that you don't excel at. So, you know, I would constantly complain to her about the things that I hated doing about writing and I just wanted to focus on this other area and she would too. And so I, I finally started broaching the topic of us uh, co-authoring and I, I knew for Steph it would be a matter of finding the right project, the right plot. Um, because I come from a very different place. I'm very horror movie, gore, you know, give me all the blood, I can do it. Very yeah. fantastical plots. And Steph is definitely geared more in like the true crime area. So we really had to figure out a way to meld those. And the first way to do that was with plot. So I spent, I think, a good two years just lodging plot after plot at her. And I knew she was just waiting for the right one. So I, <laughs> I didn't get discouraged. I was like, okay, it'll happen. I just have to find the right one. And so one day um, when the Golden State Killer was caught using genealogy, I messaged her and I said something about 23andMe go. And it was it. That was it. It was like a lightning strike. And yeah. went all right, before I jump in there, Steph, you add to that because you were like doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, it's funny, like we would, it was kind of a running joke at first, like, oh, if we could just be one writer, it would be perfect because like we like the exact opposite things. Like, why can't we just combine our brains into one person? Um, and that kind of joke then turned into the serious discussion of, well, what if we did write together? Like we already love each other's notes and styles and things like that. So even though we were very, very different writers, like we liked different Point of views to write from we liked different plot topics like we still really just wanted to find that common ground and work on some project together because we were having so much fun talking about it and yeah like nicole said it was just kismet like she texted me that and then an hour later i called her and i was like this is the plot that just came to me and it happened to be exactly what had come to her so it just was like meant to be it was very kismet totally 
I love that. And I love the fact that the polar opposites you saw as a significant impetus to drive you together. Whereas a lot of people might go, yeah, but you like this and I like this. But yeah, yeah, yeah it just made it, it was perfect. Cause it was like, we knew that then if we combine those and we would have like this whole picture where the other person could fill the gaps that we were maybe missing. And so it was just like such a no brainer to us. Like it would just make our job so much easier. <laughs> Love that. Now, let me step, uh, take a quick step back because I heard Golden State Killer. Is that, um, was that Zodiac or along that same line? Uh, it was around the same time. I think they were kind of operating at the same time, but the Golden State Killer um, was just recently captured after like, I don't know, what, 30, 40 years. Um, and he uh, t terrorized pretty much all of California. He went north, south, everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I grew up in California, so it was always in my ear anytime something would happen with him or Zodiac um, and the Night Stalker. Those were other ones that terrorized my childhood. So, you know, we've been following the case. She's so into true crime. And then, of course, I grew up with it. So we were kind of glued to to the the internet like looking for updates on that constantly so when that headline came through we were like oh my god this is going to change criminal investigations mm -hmm. everywhere yeah. all right now i haven't read every book on the planet but i'm certainly trying um, <laughs> and it, it it begs the question i don't know that i've read a book quite like this and I did see recently where you were hanging out with my new friend, Megan Collin on- Oh, um, we love Megan, yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. And when I was discovering your book, it made me go, oh, the family plot, the, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, the similarity between the title. And I thought, oh, I bet you they would love her stuff and yeah. she would love theirs. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, second of all, um, uh, and they're completely different, by the way. One is serial killer uh, and one is and revolving around genetics, which is fascinating to me. And the other is uh, more family. And I'll leave it at that for those who yeah. haven't read it. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the first thing I want to say. But uh, by the way, how did that gig go? I mean, that was, um, who was that? Murder by the Book sponsored mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we've known Megan for a little while, just um, on a personal level. I met her through actually a separate <clears throat> group that we're in that's for like writers who like true crime true crime we met through like being fans of the my favorite murder podcast and mm -hmm. so we kind of met through that and then realized we were both kind of going through similar things and nicole had also like met with her in some writer groups on facebook and things like that so we had just been talking to her for so long and she's the most lovely person we have she so is. much in common we have so many of the same interests we like constantly message each other pictures of like what our dogs are doing and what true crime cases are happening so we just have been wanting to do something with her for so long um and whenever we both kind of announced our family themed books were coming out we were like megan we need to do like a family murder event like that is like the best <laughs> idea ever and she was immediately on board and murder by the books was angels like um asking to host it so um it, yeah it just was so perfect we had so much fun chatting with her and she did blurb our book. She did, yeah. She blurbed our book as well for us. I do um, think I saw it. I'm I don't know if it's on the book, but it's yeah. on. We've been like posting it. Yeah, it's been posted it, on social I did see it somewhere because I'm like, oh, they do know each other. Yeah. Um, by the way, that that cover, uh, oh. the cover is awesome. It's, it's, Thank you. It, yes, it's, we love it. It's, it's so chilling. bold and like, yeah, it just really gives you that like cold, like vibrant, Mm -hmm. like chill feeling we love it yeah but what i really like is and you've got to dig a little deeper and folks it'll be on the uh, 
below the screen here for YouTube, and then I'll put it on the channel for thethrillerzone.com. But if you go to tsk.com, who is tsk.com? Who is tsk.com? Mm -hmm. uh, it's even cooler because I see this guy in the image that's in front of this red trees and all, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But as you scroll down, mm -hmm. it's kind of surprising. I'm going to leave it at that as a little teaser because I'm a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was going to say is uh, Lisa Gardner. God, what a yes, she's the greatest. Yeah. This thriller keeps the shocks coming right up to the climactic end uh i'm not sure you can do much better than that girl i know i mean we just yeah we, we were like we might as well just quit now like we just felt like that was just <laughs> such a a big moment for us like she was so generous with giving us that blurb so we're so grateful yeah and i am correct in this i, I just want to double check so i don't look like an idiot because it's very easy to happen um this is your debut right um, it's our co-author debut. Co Nicole, yeah, right. Yeah, Nicole had something come out previously as a solo book, but it's our first book together. Yeah, which begs the question, what's next? But I'm going to get to that first. Let me go back <laughs> to this because uh, I do want to ask, are you both full-time writers now? Did this book uh, launch you at such a rate and the advance was so ginormous, don't tell me it's not my business, that you <laughs> went, oh, I'm going to quit my job and do this? We are both still working. <laughs> Full-time working and yeah. part-time writers. Um, yeah. We would both love to be able to quit and, and you know, work full-time on writing, but, you know, it takes a while to get there, I think, usually, so. Yeah, and we're both very lucky that we really love our full-time jobs. Like, we both have great positions that we really enjoy doing, but it, it's exhausting doing, essentially, two full-time jobs because writing takes, you're not just writing, you're marketing and doing so many other things at the same time, so it's it's definitely busy. We're we're exhausted a lot, but it's worth it. Yeah. Well, friend, I'm telling you something. I was talking to my friend, um, Eric Bishop, the other day, who just launched his book, The Body Man, uh, on the mm -hmm. this past week. And, you know, we were talking about the, uh, oh, when you finally get a book deal, you just kick back and you relax because they do all the work, you know? And I'm like, um, Wouldn't that that's, be, right? <laughs> that's not what I've heard. That, but no. <laughs> Everybody, I think there's this misunderstanding uh, that, you know, once you sign the big deal on the dotted line that everybody, you know, they throw cash at you and then they say, we'll take care of everything. But yeah. tell me, tell me what your experience has been. <laughs> well, I think that everybody before they actually publish a book, whether they're with a smaller publisher or a bigger publisher, you always have these pie in the sky dreams. Like I'm going to write this book. I'm going to become this breakout hit. They're going to make movies about it. And it's going to, I'm going to pile in the, the advances. Um, you know, the, the reality is really way less than that. You get the book signing and uh, contract signed, and that's when the work actually starts. It's great that you put all this effort into this book, but you're going to have to go through so many edits after that, and you're really going to be the one doing all the work. Um, your editor will give you fantastic notes, hopefully, and ours always do, and they guide us on how to shape the book, but the work is <laughs> largely on our shoulders to do all of that. And then, you know, they do do a fair amount of PR marketing, but these days it's really, um, you know, the authors really have to jump in and do their fair share. And, you know, luckily both Steph and I come from uh, marketing and visual backgrounds. So, you know, together we've been able to put together marketing campaigns and graphics and, you know, all that. But, you know, the general writer doesn't have those skills. So it, it can be very intimidating. Yeah. And you spend so much time being like, going all over all the different social media platforms. Like, did we tweet today? Did we post on Instagram today? Now we're getting to TikTok because TikTok is taking off in book marketing. Like it's just, 
it never seems to never stop. Like there's always kind of another thing you need to do. So I mean, yeah, the work doesn't ever really quit, no matter how much help I think you have from your publisher. And then you have to start writing your next one. Yeah. So it's like, it you don't never stops. Yeah. yeah. No. And again, we're going to reference this and come back to it, but I know you started your next one back to TikTok, uh, Steph, uh, TikTok is when I first saw it, maybe a year ago, I thought, what is this silliness? And, and it <laughs> is one of those things that you just get addictive and you're like, I'm not going to spend go all down my a rabbit hole. Yeah, I know. But and... talk to me. Can we just divert off the main uh, path for just a quick second? Are you using TikTok as a method of social media? And if so, how? I'm just yeah. curious. We, we, we're very recent to it. So um, within the last few months, we've kind of started trying to wrap our head around it and dip our toe into making some TikTok videos for book marketing. Um, it kind of started, we were, we didn't want to have to, right? Like we're like, we have enough platforms to worry about. We don't want to have to do another one. Um, but, you know, Geneva Rose, who's the best-selling author of The Perfect Marriage um, is someone that also blurb for us and we were talking with a lot she's super sweet and supportive and she just went viral on tiktok with her book marketing it was crazy it blew up she had daily mail articles written about her her and her husband from her tiktok like she just got huge she was on all the book talk tables and all the bookstores so you know yeah. we were kind of picking her brain like you know how how do we use this tool and she gave us so much great insight to it and from there we were like you know what we just have to like bite the bullet and start using this thing that's at our disposal. So we're not quite at her rock star level yet of TikTok <laughs> palace, but we're kind of dipping our toe in it and starting to try to get some videos up. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But I heard an interview. I want to say maybe they were on with uh, Mark Dawson of the self-publishing group. And uh, yeah, she, I think she just dipped her toe in, was playing around with it and like said, oh, this feels goofy, but you know, what the hell? And kaboom. Got lucky. Yeah. But I want to, what's this? Let, let's do this. Uh, either one of you. Let's pretend uh, our listeners don't know what TikTok is. And mm -hmm. could you put it in like a sentence? Like I, I'm channeling my mother now who's passed away. And I'm like, I'm trying to, all right, Ma, here's how it would work. This is, this is what TikTok is. Are you listening? No, pay attention here. <laughs> what would that be? How can you describe it for me? Um, I, I would describe it as like a platform for short videos that play off viral trends. So it's like you try, like one person does a video and it takes off. So then everyone else starts doing their spins on that type of video and people do, whether it's dances or recipes or secrets or celebrity gossip, whatever it is, there's kind of a niche yeah. on there for everybody, but, um, it's just like 15, 30, maybe 60 second clip videos that just are something funny or informative or interesting and people watch them and like them and comment on them and you get random ones in your feed based on like what might interest you based on what other ones you've liked from their algorithms so um, it's kind of just a really interesting platform to discover creators who now can you know access millions of people I think very quickly which is fascinating yeah Nicole jump in there well, the truth of the matter is, is that Steph has really taken the reins on the TikTok side of things because I am not good at that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I 
held out as long as possible. <laughs> Steph was like, we have to do this. We have to do this. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to do it. And then finally I was like, all right, I, I got to do this. So Steph has done a lot of the face forward um, TikToks, which has been so great. So I just started dipping my toe in and doing like book recommendations and things like that. So um, luckily it's gone well so far. Um, I'll start making some more soon, but uh, yeah, it's been fun. I kind of see it as like Instagram and Twitter combined with YouTube, like <laughs> short little okay. things, but in video form, you know, it's all about the trends. Yeah. That's what, that's what got my attention, Steph, when you said this and I was like, uh, wait a minute. So you actually, there's a trend. So you jump on that trend and then you do your version of that trend and somebody could come by and jump on your version of that trend yeah. and do their version. It's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like a, a domino effect. Like it just yeah. keeps building and building and building. And I think part of the way you get viral and get thousands of followers is you either happen to start a trend, like you do something really original and everyone else is like, I want to do that too. Or you do a really, really interesting take on a trend that's currently very popular and people want to watch your version of it. So it's kind of, you really have to have your like finger on the pulse of what people want to see, which is a whole nother challenge, but that's okay. Okay. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, I, I've, I'm one of those guys that, I mean, Facebook makes me nervous because I don't understand it. I, I sound like an old man here, but they keep changing everything every time I turn around. But I'm going to jump on this thing and see what I can do. Yeah. What do, Are you guys doing TikTok together as a, mm -hmm. like, yeah. co-writer? So what is, do you, you have a handle, I'm guessing? like it, yeah. It's just at Mullen and Mabry. So super easy. Um, anyone can find us and follow along with our antics. You see, you see some Gee. book recommendations. Some of my rescue puppy likes to make an appearance occasionally. Um, my husband even made a surprise appearance one point. So uh, we'll see who else we can drag into them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'm, I'm going to jump <laughs> on it because, I mean, you know, I did some acting uh, uh, in the past and I'm like, okay, maybe I can pull oh, those. You're a natural. You got to jump in there. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a swing. Okay. <laughs> both full um now, I want to ask you, do you feel like, big picture, writing together, is it harder or easier than writing solo? In my opinion, loads easier. Um, because there's, like I said, there's these areas that I don't really like to tackle. Like, it's, it's shocking to be a writer, and the words are where I struggle. Um, and that's always been the case for me. I can come up with plots. I can plot the crap out of a book. But when I actually have to sit down and write it and like develop characters and setting and all that stuff, those are the areas that I struggle with and I necessarily don't want to do. So Steph is really great at setting and characters and she's really great with the words. So for me, it's really nice because I can write one of my chapters and it's, to me, it's just like a skeleton. It's like a skeleton of what happens in there. And then Steph goes in there and beautifies it. And then I go back and trim it back down. So it's ended up working out really well. Like almost like we're like forming this book out of clay and we're each taking a pass at it. Um, and we're not all having to do all the work ourselves. But I would say also, I think the biggest benefit of writing with another person is having someone to share the highs and lows with because no one is your your husband your parents your friends everybody is so excited for us and supportive and we're so thankful for that but nobody is going to care as much about our book as me and her and no one is going to want to sit there and cry on the phone to one another because we got a bad review or something like that so it's just nice to really have that person just call and be like oh god did you see that thing that just happened and then we can sit there and vent for and then we're done and we can move on. So that's fantastic to me. And also celebrating the wins too. Like it's so nice that 
even if it's the smallest thing, like we know we have someone to immediately call and text. It's not going to be like, oh, they're talking about this again. Like it's just, yeah. <laughs> no, and we understand what we're going through. And, you know, we can bounce ideas off each other. Cause right. Like in the thriller genre, a big part of it, a lot of time is the twist. And you can't really like talk through areas you're struggling with people. If you want them to be surprised by the ending, but with exactly. each other, we already, we both know. Right. So we know every step of the way what's going on. And, um, you know, when I have a moment where I'm struggling to, to fix a plot hole or a problem, like Nicole's like a second brain that can help mm-hmm. fill that void and vice versa. So it's just really nice always having that sounding board there. And I want to say also like deadlines, that is the biggest help because, you know, we all have things going, like we we're, we're both still full-time working our day jobs and we have other things going on in our life. So if we get some crazy deadline, you know, we like to break it up. We're like, okay, we have two weeks to do this. You can have it for a week and I can have it for a week. What's your schedule look like? So if my schedule is really busy the first week and hers isn't, then it's great. She'll take it first. I'll take it second. So then I get that little leeway and it's still being worked on. Um, so that's been great. We've both been able to kind of fill in whenever, whenever the other person has something they have to do, or they just don't have the time. Because I'm a fanatic for Inside Scoop and a lot of my listeners are writers themselves, I, I'd like to dissect just just a little bit the process. So let's pretend, Nicole, do you, do you, uh, you you're probably, oh, that's my next question. All right, let's just, uh, <laughs> so you're going to, you're going to lay out a chapter. Maybe you'll write the first chapter and you'll bang out, we'll call it 2000 words. At 2000 words, you go, yeah, I feel pretty good at that. And you hand it off to Steph and then she picks it up and either A goes, that's great. I'll take it from here or B that sucks. I really need to shreds <laughs> and start again or C. Uh, oh, I've got some ideas to implant into it. And then she hands it back and you tweak it from there. I mean, how does that, having never done this is <coughs> just fascinating to me. Well, and the thing is, is that like, I don't, I think the person who's writing the chapter and handing it off to the other person is the one with all of the like footnotes to add before you read it. Like, oh, it's really bad. Just, you know, the person who's reading it almost never has any comments. Actually, it feels that badly yeah, they'll it. just be like, okay, great. Glad to, to dive in. But Steph, do you want to talk about our process a little bit? Yeah, I know. Everyone's always very fascinated by how we, how we do this, especially because we don't live in the same state. So we do everything virtually. Um, so step one is we are very detailed outliners, which Nicole used to not be a, an outliner and I was, so I had to drag her over to my side, kicking and screaming a little bit. But um, so we, we come up with a very detailed outline first, like literally every single chapter start to finish what starts middle and end of every chapter, um, because otherwise our chapters wouldn't be cohesive if we're having to work out of order to work at the same time. So that's kind of step one. Um, step two, we claim which chapters we're kind of really excited about or we're already writing in our heads because you always have those ones that speak to you and sure. both want to do the ones we're very passionate about. Um, then we usually end up with a couple that neither of us are very excited about or a little more intimidating for some reason. Yeah, the hard ones. Um, so those we kind of just divvy up basically to make sure we're each assigned like an equal amount of writing to do. Um, and then yeah, from there, like you said, so, you know, I'll write a chapter. Once I'm done writing that chapter, I kind of just write it until, like you said, I feel, okay, I feel this is the most I can do with this right now. I'll upload it to an online folder. And then when Nicole has time, then she'll grab it. She'll go through with track changes. She'll add things, make comments, play devil's advocate, writing questions in the margins, change or add or delete anything that she feels makes it better. 
um, and then send it back to me as the original writer. I have kind of like final say on if I want to like approve or reject her changes. Um, and then from there, after we're all done, we just string them all together and each do full read throughs from start to finish. But I mean, it's great. We have like a built in editor. So kind of the first draft ends up almost being like a second draft, which is really nice. I love that. So you you jumped uh, you know, ahead because uh, I was going to ask, are you yeah. more plotters or pantsers? So that decide, you you couldn't be a pantser and pull this no. off. I can't imagine it. There's yeah. just no way. Yeah, and, and people had to accept that. <laughs> oh my God. My very first novel I wrote was a complete pantser. I, I, I gave myself a situation and then I sat down to write every single time, what would I do in, in this situation? So I was like full on entrenched in pantser mode. And then Steph was like, we, we got to do this outline. And I was like, <laughs> so yeah, I know she had yeah. to accept it. But now I think I've converted her though. Like she seems to I like, like it now. So it's okay. I like it now. Well, I like this idea that the fact if you have structure, then if you wake up one day and you're tired or you're hungover or you're just feeling lazy or you're cloudy or whatever that is, and you go, okay, well, at least I know what my beats are, right? I'm always using that phrase. I got my beats. <laughs> this happens, then this happens, and then so at least I know that. And then you can have reckless abandon with it. However, on those days when you're like, uh, I'm not feeling it. Well, then you're just, it puts too much pressure on you because with the beats, you can expand or detract or remove and add. So you have some form of a structure, but much like uh, trying to build a house without an, a blueprint, it's kind of crazy. Now yeah. I'm going to talk out of the other side of my mouth and say my first three books, uh, two of which were written during NaNoWriMo, I was just banging, no idea where I was going. And there is a little bit of excitement about that. There is. I love doing that, but I don't know when I'll get back to it. <laughs> and if I may, to borrow, again, this is not name dropping. It's only because I have so many fantastic authors like yourself on the show that I get to meet and talk to. Ted Bell, who uh, is the Alec Hawk guy, uh, phenomenal writing he goes i haven't sat down and planned a goddamn thing in my whole life and i'm like what i'm so, so amazed by that yeah i'm so yeah. all right uh from my shiny object moment is that iced tea or craft beer this is actually a rose cider it rose doesn't say cider lordy dolly oh nicole i have that one in my fridge but in the blood orange it's my favorite right now well, I just tried the, the rosé one, and I think I would like the blood orange one a little bit. You should bit. try the blood orange. It's really good. It's like my favorite cider right now. But this is now a cider recommendation podcast. <laughs> no, no, I got that. But I, it's funny because I'm a craft brew guy, so I saw a little bit of a foam around the edge, and I'm like, oh, Nicole's my gal here. But Nicole my always has a drink during any writing-related event. Always. I got to be honest with you. Um and I write at 5, 5.30 in the morning, so it's kind of hard to start drinking that early. I have to do coffee. <laughs> yeah. But I'll certainly try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if I'm writing late night, which I used to, there's nothing like a hearty cab or a Zen or a Pinot Noir to just help knock the edge off and grease those mighty wheels. Yeah, I feel like it loosens up the, the, the binds holding my brain together, and it's just like free-for-all. Well, you know what it is? You know what it is, Nicole? Hmm. You are removing the inhibition that causes the self-doubt and yeah. constant tweakage. Yeah. You know, that thing that goes, oh, geez, this isn't any good. 
<laughs> uh, I should, go, should certainly be doing better than that. Right. And I have found that wine especially does that little, hey, you know what? I'm just going to roll with it, booby. And yeah, then you write and sometimes you amaze yourself. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day when, and I know we'll, we'll get to this and I don't want to like jump the gun or anything, but when we were thinking about the idea for our second book, I had gotten, my friend had gotten me this really great bottle of whiskey that I hadn't tried. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to have a little glass of it one night, week night, nothing going on. So I have it. And all of a sudden, the very first chapter for the next book that we're going to talk about popped into my head and I couldn't not write it. So I just sat there and wrote the very, like the prologue, I think it was. And I just called Steph and I was like, I just took the reins and wrote this chapter. Let me know what you think. So every once in a while, it will produce that much. Yeah, that prologue and added some details, but it stayed pretty close to what you first like spewed out. So that was when you did the trick. You should get more of that. I know I should. All right. Well, now I could, in, I could introduce to you a whole lot of writers that I know that love themselves some whiskey and bourbon and mash and all that. Yeah. And, uh, they'll all tell you the same thing. Oh, Dave, I can't write without it. It's just yeah. part, part of the medicine from the good doctor. <laughs> I love that. I agree. Let's take a short break, but don't touch that button because we'll be back with more of the thriller zone right after this. I'm Steph Mullen. And I'm Nicole Mabry, and we're the authors of The Family Tree. And we're here on The Thriller Zone with David Temple. I did want to start off, and I got so enraptured with your charm. Uh, I wanted to start off with this huge congrats that I see The Family Tree took uh, first place at the Mystery and Suspense category at the 2021 Best Book Awards for American Book Best. Yes, we just found out yesterday, so we're very excited. I did, yeah. Thank God that's not a tattoo on your arm because it would be all the way down and back. But <laughs> that's, that's huge, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. We're very excited. So excited. Okay, we're now uh, half of the show in. I, I just got so wrapped up in you. Let's talk about the family tree. And I'm going to say one thing that I really dug, and then I'm going to toss it over to you because I, 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 I got to step on my own tongue sometimes to keep <laughs> from doing spoilers. But I really dug how your chapters and places were dedicated to the various uh, victims. I mean, that was brilliant. And especially when you go to, who is TSK? Mm -hmm. Okay, Whew. got it right. Um, you're going to really appreciate I don't know who did that website. That is freaking cool. We, we did it together, yeah. What? <laughs> we just and wanted to do something fun. So we were like, let's make case FBI profiles for all of our victims and yeah. make a website. So us yeah. with the help of Nicole's niece who likes to play with website design. We just sat down and we all, the three of us did it together. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be coming back to y'all on a side note. Cause I love some of those ideas. I'm going to steal them. <laughs> there we um, go. So the intro back into the interest of no spoilers. Can you both share the audience, just the basic premise of the book that way we can, for those who haven't read it yet, cause they're sitting there waiting to buy their copy. Um, what is the, the greatest, you know, blur there you go. Oh, She's a hand model too. I am. It's, I actually did hand model once for <laughs> the fashion company I worked for. Years ago. And um, I noticed, Nicole, you noticed that her nail polish matches the color of the book. Yeah. I'm always prepared. Um, amazing. You see your lipstick and her nails. You guys yeah, are just we're, so we're ready to go. Um, but yeah, sure. So the family tree. Um, is a story about our main character, Liz, who does a 23andMe kit for her birthday, just 
for fun. And when the results come back, it reveals to her that she was adopted um, when she was a baby and she had no idea. So it's this big kind of like life altering moment where she goes on a journey to figure out where she came from. Um, she wants to understand, you know, her family lied to her. She wants to find her biological family and kind of come to a reckoning that the culture and identity she thought was like made up who she was is actually not who she is at all. So in this journey to find out where she came from and who she's related to, um, she ends up having the FBI show up on her doorstep and inform her that she is related to a serial killer who's been abducting pairs of women for over 40 years. Um, there's been pretty much no evidence left behind by him. Her DNA going into a database when she was searching for family is literally the first hit they've had since essentially the start of you know, trying to find him. So um, it goes back and forth, like you kind of hinted at, um, between Liz's journey on her self-discovery and trying to get to know her biological family and these short victims chapters where you get to know our serial killer's victims over a 40-year period, um, kind of getting clues along the way until both timelines converge in present day at the end to reveal who the monster is in Liz's family tree. I am going to say this, folks. At the end, I did literally have to grab my jaw <laughs> and pick it up and go, I didn't That's the best compliment for a thriller writer. So thank you. <laughs> I know I was literally, and I literally girls, I really, I did this and I got to the end. I, I'm like, dum, 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 dum. what? And I went back. I'm like, okay, let me just make sure I read that right. I mean, it's, you got me. Thank you. Good. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's funny uh, for a debut novel, someone may say, geez, kids. I mean, you know, 400 pages is pretty big. Long. However, it's covering 40 years and 24, 20, 24, 24 um, victims. 25, okay. 25, yeah. Holy moly. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too. We we discussed that when we were writing it and, and it just had to be that long. It was a, it's a very complex story to plot because you do have so many different timelines and people and motives to track. And so it just kind of needed to be a little long, but we're hoping that the the fast paced tension will be enough yeah. to carry everyone through it. So having dated someone that was adopted, I, I remember having conversations um, and she learned much earlier, but that, that uh, from the perspective of adoption and not knowing exactly who you are in the family dynamic and then finding out uh, later in life that uh, what a surprise, what I, I can't even, I can't fathom that. That's the thing that kind of knocked me off the rail for a second going, it made me stop and go, man, well, how would I look at life differently if I found out that I wasn't actually who I thought I was. Yeah, I read, I went, I infiltrated this, um, uh, I think it was Reddit actually, a forum, and it was specifically for adoptees who had found out late in life that they were adopted. So I ended up reading something like three or 400 accounts um, of people posting what it felt like to them and how they reacted and how their family reacted, because we really wanted it to be authentic to how someone would feel and of course everyone feels very differently one person might feel one way and one another but the way that we have Liz, Liz respond to that is pretty much a consensus of how most people on that forum had said they felt so that was really important for us to get right because neither of us are adopted and yeah 
And I like the fact that you went to that length to make the audience feel the reality of it versus something obtuse or, you know, bizarre that like, you made it real for me is what I, what I want to say. Um, as we begin to uh, put a wrap on the show, because you girls are, you know, you're pretty popular, got a lot of podcasts to do. <laughs> I do this little thing called rapid fire questions. Um, The first one is going to be a little complicated, but I dreamt this up early this morning and I thought, okay. And since I have two people on the show at the same time, it's going to be really interesting. So you get to fight for the first one. The second one will be easier, but here, see if you follow me. Uh, These are dense. So I'll read them off and you two can decide which one answers, which, okay. After all your co-writers and so forth. So you both have been given a huge advance for your new book, as yet named, which we're going to come back and name the new one, you know. And you have to choose a location, have to choose a location in which to write where you get your inspiration. Be anywhere in the world, all expenses are paid. Moreover, that location has to serve as a character in the book, which you would love to do anyway. Where is it and why? Now, that's the first one. So I I almost, I had set this up to give it to Nicole and then I made one for Steph, but I thought, no, since they're co-writers and they have to decide what everything is, I'm going to let them pick. So here's number two, uh, two uh, section, uh, second part of this. Okay. Based upon that answer of the location of whoever comes up with that, mm-hmm. your agent requested that you choose between these two elements for your protagonist. So you have to, I'm going to give you two samples of protagonist, okay. two samples of an antagonist. So the protagonist is either a Russian dictator or a country music star. Your antagonist is going to be either a supermodel from Paris, man or woman, or a CIA operative working undercover as a homeless guy. All right. Which one do you want to take, Seth? Oh, you're so kind. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I'll, I'll jump on it. Um, so I think location I would pick and Nicole, you're going to laugh at this because you've been here, um, is Lake Tahoe, oh, Lake Tahoe. Lovely. um, because I, I love a lake moment. I love the a mountain moment. I just think that that environment, both you have summer, you have winter, you have so many opportunities to play with in that region and it's gorgeous. So I'm going to have to go with Lake Tahoe per my location. Should I, should I also do the second part? Should I yeah. That? And then I'm going to go with the country music singer because I feel like you're in California. Maybe someone traveled up from LA. Maybe they're on, who kn- you know, maybe they're on a little vacation there. People love their country music in California. So that's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, yeah. I talk like I know so much about California. <laughs> I've been like one time. We're actually planning, we're actually planning to come over to California, hopefully next year for a little, a right. little research trip, right? Writing retreat. Um, research right um and so then i think that i'm gonna go with the paris supermodel because i feel like yeah. a country music or a paris supermodel is in lake tahoe i just feel like so that's, a, that's i was a great gonna one. pick the same thing i love it this is why we work well together i know <laughs> all right so we we that is superb by the way and i probably <laughs> broke that in half by by giving you the whole shebang but i want to hear your response now as the other writer of this mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to go into in depth. The reason I did this is I wanted to see how two minds would choose. Right. And then secondly, I'd, I'd know in an instant, because we're writers, we love, um, you know, writing uh, uh, 
prompts. So we love that exercise. Oh, I know what I would do with that. Right. So Nicole, just give me a quick little top of your head. What we, so you, this is going to be great. No pressure. I would definitely pick the same characters as her. Um, I think we tend to go more in the, the everyday person instead of like CIA or police. Um, we both like writing from more of the regular person, although country music star and model are not necessarily regular, um, but more regular uh, than a CIA operative. Um, as far as location, and this is going to sound really crazy, but the only reason I'm picking it is because you said it's an all expense paid trip. So I'm going to say Greece. Oh, like okay. off like the islands of Greece. Yeah. Okay, so you'd go with Greece and mm -hmm. you'd go with the country music star and the supermodel from Paris, yeah. which it does all of a sudden feel a little bit like a romance. Right? <laughs> I but feel like could, we could take it. We could I mean, put maybe some bodies maybe in there. Maybe they're like on a honey, their honeymoon, and maybe they're like a dead body is found in their little like casita area, and things go awry. I mean, who knows? See, I love this. This right here was so much fun, and you didn't disappoint at all. I have a funny feeling that if we had an hour, we could pour some more of that rose cider and get crazy with it, couldn't we? We could. Actually, I didn't ask you, Steph, what would be your uh, refreshing beverage of choice? I, um, I'm, well, I did mention I do, I have been drinking that blood orange cider lately. That's been my recent drink of choice, but I'm big on like Prosecco or Rosé usually are my, my go-tos. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're my wife right there. <laughs> also, I want to say in our next book, it's based around a brewery and you said you like the craft brews. So I'm like, yeah, you'll probably get a kick out of our second book. Yeah. yeah uh and that's slated for 22 it's slated for 2022 yep and no title yet of course no cover it does yet. actually yes we can it is called when she disappeared and it's coming out in 2022 and um yep and it takes place which is yeah write it down it um it was actually really fun for me you'll actually appreciate this being from north carolina uh -huh. um it takes place in a fictional small mountain town near Asheville. Um, so it's, it was really fun, but it's like a brewery town like that, like is what supports the economy in this small mountain town. So, um, it was very, very fun, especially for me to write since I live so close to the Blue Ridge yeah. Mountains here, but, um, Nicole and I had such a blast with that setting. We, I could sit here and spin six degrees all day long because, yeah. uh, my sister lives up around Asheville. My brother now, uh, lives near Asheville and we did a TV pilot for a craft brew show about oh, nice. five, uh, six, seven years ago. Awesome. Um, that is exciting. And I can't wait to hear about that. So it's, it's um, probably mid to late 22, I'm guessing. So it's coming out in the, so we are kind of in that, a little bit of a weird situation where we get our UK release date first because we're through HarperCollins UK and then the US date to follow. Um, so it's coming out in the UK beginning of March of 2022. Um, so it's coming up fast. We're finishing final proofread now. Um, mm -hmm. So, and when it comes out in the UK in March, it will also be available in the ebook in the US. And then the US paperback, we should have our release date information on soon. Soon. That's yep. so exciting. Yeah, we're very excited. Okay. Here's the easier one. And this, uh, you know, we could end with that one because that was so much fun. But I, I, I always like this. This is one of my favorite ones. Eric was saying to me the other day that he had already prepared for this because he knew I was going to ask. I don't oh, always I ask. I know. I'm like, I don't know. What's that? 
we, I was like, we, we didn't prepare at all. We're just like, we're just gonna come in here and talk like we're friends. So it's fine. Exactly. All right. So you two, and you can decide who answers first. You two are enjoined, uh, invited to join me and my wife, Tammy here in San Diego, California. Oh, by the way, the craft beer capital of the world. Nice. It's, it's hard not to love craft beer when you live in the capital of it. You'll both be bringing your significant other, whoever that might be, and will invite one other person to this fine, sexy soiree. So who will they be and why? I'll let you go first, Steph, because you actually have a significant other. <laughs> now, are we talking like someone we actually know or like if we had picked one person in the entire world pick someone in the entire world dead or alive they will be alive at the dinner and <laughs> someone you've looked up to you've admired if you don't have a significant other then you can bring two people to okay. further complicate things nicole okay. all right so i'll bring my my husband danny will come because he would be very mad at me if i went to california without him <laughs> and uh he's actually probably going to join us on our writing retreat <laughs> because he wants to come to California too. Of course. Um, so I'll, he'll come with me. And then this is one that Nicole and I talk about all the time, how much we would really love to have a conversation with this person. I would like Stephen King to come to this story. Decline. I'm sorry. I know. I just, we just desperately want to sit in a room with him and talk to him forever. Yeah. So yeah. Who in the world does not want to spend a, a dinner with Stephen King? I know. Right? I'm sorry, Nicole, but you can, you get two picks. Okay. Good yeah. point. See, she's fair. She's playing fair girls. Okay. So Nicole, you, you can have Stephen King as well. And well, I mean, realistically, I probably would bring a family member or a friend, but for the sake of this conversation, I'm not going to. So sorry, friends and family, you're not coming. <laughs> my very first pick would be Maya Angelou. Um, I just, she can just literally read the dictionary to me and I'd be happy. That'd be fantastic. Um, and then I was going to say Stephen King, but now that you took him, because we want to have an additional person, I would say probably Margaret Atwood. Oh, that's a good one too. Exceptional writer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. One of my favorite quotes of my Angelou, golly day, my mother used to quote this to me all my life. Uh, basically, uh, people tell you who they are, believe them. Yep. I live by that rule. Well, girls, this has been more fun than I even anticipated. I was, I figured we're gonna have a pretty good time. No, this is great. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Folks, you want to find out more, uh, you simply go to Mullen and Mabry.com. Uh, TikTok now I've learned at Mullen and Mabry. That's what I'm going to have to add. And Twitter at Nicole A. Mabry and Steph underscore Mullen. This has been so much fun. Right. So Wait, so you said you guys are in San Diego? Actually, San Diego uh, is the area. We're in Encinitas, which is a tiny okay. little beach surfing town just outside the city limits. But if you do come out, I know you're going to probably hit L. You're going to hit San Francisco and or L.A. We're actually planning to start in San Diego, probably. Yes, that's why I was going to say that. You, you girls are going to have to touch base with me when you yes. come out. We absolutely will. Yes. And we might actually turn that question number two into reality, yes. in part. <laughs> Stay tuned. No, I'm just Folks, you, you got all that information you need. I'll put some more information down below here on YouTube and then on the thrillerzone.com, all the connections and so forth. But great big uh, golf clap to Stephanie yeah. and Nicole Mullen and Mabry. And of course, the book. Hold it up together, girls, because we all got them right here. Look at this. Positioning perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the family tree. Thank you so much. Uh, you go get a doggy and you go grab another uh, rose sada. Exactly, right? <laughs> Thanks so much, David. This has All been right. awesome.
Thank, Thank you. you. See y'all. Thanks again to Mullen and Mabry for bringing a lot of laughs to today's show. Now, on next week's Thriller Zone, I am thrilled to have two debut authors. On Monday's show, the super talented Wanda Morris joins us to talk about All Her Little Secrets. I mean the book. (laughs) The book is called All Her Little Secrets. Folks, this is a book you're going to read and tell your friends about. It's got it all. Murder, infidelity, corporate greed racism and bigotry, family secrets, and more. I feel pretty certain Wanda Morris is going to be one of those authors we'll be reading for some time to come. Then on Friday, I'm happy to introduce you to new pal Mark Westmoreland, author of A Violent Gospel. And by the way, the author of Blacktop Wasteland, S.A. Cosby, calls the novella a visceral slice of existential cornbread. (laughs) And folks, it's a doozy. As we wrap today's show, I want to say thank you again for your support. While I'm pretty much a one-man show right now, I work hard every day to bring you the very best thriller writers from around the world. Oh, and hey, side note, today we hit 200 followers on Twitter. That gets me pretty charged up. What do you say you and I work together to get 2,000? I know we can do it. Okay, David Temple out, and I'll see you Monday on The Thriller Zone. The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.